Hello, and welcome to another episode of Humans Aren't Robots, a series of conversations with creative leaders about the modern state of work and the exciting places we can take it. As always, I'm your host, Sam Davies. And in today's conversation, we fly back to March 2022 to the always inspiring event South Start here in Adelaide, where I sat down with Callum McPherson. Now, Callum is a really inspiring young bloke. He runs a, his own podcast and his own media organization called Young Blood Media. And he tells long form stories through podcasts and documentaries, primarily in the mental health space. He is a journalist by trade uh, that fell into his purpose through losing a close friend to suicide a few years ago. And we had a, a conversation about, about a number of things. We, we share a lot of interests, obviously, with, with podcasting and, and telling stories. And I think perhaps uncovering the more vulnerable side to the whole human experience. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great conversation and, and an inspiring one for up-and-coming entrepreneurs or people that want to get into their own, their own field of passion. Uh, Callum has really been exploring himself and exploring his own skill set. Really like a few of the things he said. Like he he talked about, you know, on his journey, um, you know, from from being a, an on camera journalist uh, to to starting his own podcast and now expanding beyond that. He talked about, you know, you need to be enterprising and flexible and really know your own core skill set. We talked a lot about education and about a university and about how people. You know, how we arm ourselves with the skills to go into the modern workforce, which is stuff I found really interesting. We talked a bit about um, work-life balance and mental health awareness that came out of COVID, about about values in business and about how you really have to walk the walk. We, we talked a lot about me finding meaning in work, which is something that, that he's definitely been on the path towards. It was a, it was a great conversation. I won't, won't give it all away now. Thank you so much to South Start for facilitating it. And let's jump in with Callum and, and find out a bit more about, you know, what it takes to, to forge your own path into, into your own career and, and passion. Cheers. Um, but yeah, I'd love to jump in and maybe hear a little bit more about yourself and tell me a bit about um, Youngblood Media and what you're doing here at Southstar. For sure. So uh, for me, it all started off with my podcast, uh, Young Blood Men's Mental Health. So that's a passion project that came out of losing a close friend of mine to suicide at the start of 2019. Um, and I was already a journalist. So I'd already been working as a TV reporter for about four years, did uni before that and community radio before that. So always had the talking journalism skills. Uh, and then as I was talking to the students today uh, in terms of stumbling upon a passion or a purpose for me it was something tragic happened in my life that ignited that passion and made me realize I could use my skills to tell stories that I figured really mattered and meant something to me and young men and their families and people that I knew and didn't know um, and so that's what pushed me into doing that so I stopped doing the news stuff because I was pretty over the negativity of that and telling the same stories again and again and all the uh, drama and sort of sadness around that wasn't really what I'm about. So I wanted to tell different kinds of stories. And then from that, if you have a creative project, as many people will say, 
it has to kind of turn into a business because you need to find money for it and, and do the practical side of stuff as well. Unfortunately, I'd love if someone would just figure all that out for me and I could just do the storytelling, but kind of got to do it all. So I've been learning as I go too. No one's, there's no business acumen in my family. So it's all been self-taught and more like self-failed again and again sort of thing. Uh, and yes, that's led into Young Blood Media, which is telling long form largely inspirational stories through video mediums. So podcasting, but also uh, documentary making and now hosting various shows for other organizations um, as part of that gig and teaching podcasting to schools as well. Awesome, mate. That's, it's super interesting. We have a lot of sort of similar interests and threads, I think. Tell me a bit more about the podcast when you started it and sort of how, like how, coming out of that um, you know, tragic and sort of hard experience for you personally, like how did you decide to... I don't know, start those different stories and build the narratives and like who did, like what, what was the first episode? Yeah, uh, so the first episode was with a young guy from Origin, which is a mental health group in Victoria, I believe. And he had attempted suicide at one point in his life, but had survived that and then gone on to make some realizations and now works in mental health. And, um, and then after that, I had uh, Ben and Liam from Nova Radio because I used to be their newsman when they were at fresh at the start of their career uh, and I had them on talking about overcoming like bad press or haters because when they were at Triple J they actually copped a lot of heat in the early days and everyone loves them now but there was a period which they caught heaps of hate so I was talking to them about that so that was ages ago that was like two and a half years ago doing that uh, but I decided to tell those stories and get into podcasting because it just so happened that one of my cameramen at channel seven had a podcast studio, which at that time was just a sort of a unit inside an apartment building. And uh, now it's like this massive, amazing studio called pod booth here in um, Adelaide, which is pretty unlike anything else. And he just said, you should do a podcast. And so I had someone there to start off doing it with, but there was a lot of things I didn't know. Hadn't done a podcast before. Didn't even really listen to them that much until I started doing them. Uh, but I just went for it and just sort of learned as I went along. And I think because I'd taken jobs in the country and interstate before and I'd always just been happy to go and have a crack at something with a lot of unknowns, I was already kind of used to that. And then I just learned as I went along. And in terms of the need for telling those stories, after my friend died, I just saw that there so many other young men who really struggle to talk about how they're really feeling and what they go through and that we all have very similar problems and not just the young men but people in their lives struggle to open up or talk to those people about what they're going through and uh, that there weren't really many platforms out there, especially video platforms for men to see other men who might be tough or not the kind of man you would expect to talk about their emotions actually open up and do that. So I, I figured, well, I've actually got the capacity to create that platform and uh, didn't know what it would turn into. Still don't just started doing it. Yep. I think that's what you can do. That's the, that's the best way to start though. And it's, I mean, it's really positive work that you're doing. There's a, there's a couple of threads in there that I'd love to dive into. Um, and often I'm talking to people that maybe work within within larger teams, but you sort of this whole idea of storytelling is is really close to to what I like doing in in, in our workspace. But I think it's just important generally in life, right? Like every, everything can sort of become a story. Um, the story of what we tell ourselves when we go into work, um, and 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 that's sort of been changing a little bit with you know the global events of the last few years, where the sort of distinction between work and and home has been blurred somewhat. Like, what's your personal thoughts on 
this idea of sort of bringing your whole self to work and and, and blurring the line between you know what Callum might like be like at home and and in the workplace. I guess we show different parts of ourselves in in different contexts. Um, I think one good thing that's come out of the pandemic and everyone having to be at home and be isolated, obviously there are a lot of bad things that come out of it, but the mental health awareness I feel like has been accelerated because I started the podcast before the pandemic and then it really picked up once we realized how much of a threat this was to our mental health. Um, and I think it has done something positive to erode perhaps the professional well, not, not that it's, it's not professional, but erode the facade that we all have to be fine the whole time at work and, and that tough exterior and that, you know, if we're struggling or going through anything, we should keep that out of the workplace. I think going through COVID has made us more compassionate towards that, made corporations at least have to seem like they can care more about it. And I think we have more of an appreciation for our fellow man going through struggles. I just hope that that will last and continue to grow even as this sort of settles down. Yeah. Interesting point in there around, cause it, it comes back to, to narrative and storytelling too. Um, feeling like you have to have this facade, uh, you know, at work or that you wouldn't talk about, um, you know, like worries or anxiety or things that are happening at home because you just don't bring that into you to work. Like, and you say, I think you said, you know, corporate at least are looking like they're changing. Like, how do how do we think? How do you think we can go in? Like, yeah, as you as you grow your business, what what kind of things would you think you'd do to put in place to enable people to have those honest conversations? I think it's about convincing those who are in charge that you're actually going to be more efficient. You're going to deliver better on your bottom line, and your business is actually going to be more successful if you look after your people and you show them that you actually care about them and they want to come and work for you and they know that if they actually need time off or they need a break or they need to be honest about something happening in their life that they can do that uh, without being judged and without it negatively impacting them and their work. I think if people feel that way, then they're actually going to want to work harder. They're going to want to do better when they are at work. They're going to pr produce more. And I think there have been some studies done already even to show that employees that feel like they're cared about who get that time and that flexibility actually deliver a better result. Um, I think there's even some companies creating apps and that sort of thing to show that sort of progress. So I, we can't delude ourselves. That obviously, businesses are always going to be about making money and the best ways to do that. And it shouldn't be like, well, we either look after our people better or we're more efficient. It's actually realizing that if we look after people, we'll be a better business, we'll work better, and it will be better for everyone. Um, so I think if you can say, it sounds bad, but if you can say to corporates, hey, if you do the right thing, you actually make more money, I think they'll be interested in that. But that I mean, that's the, and that's the pathway. And I think to some of them is to, is to you know, come at it from that bottom line angle, but at the end of the day, um, happier teams, you know, better product, happier and teams, better And people aren't burning out and quitting, and then you're having to make spend all that time rehiring people or whatever it is. So. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm quite interested. So humans aren't robots um, is a, actually one of our company values. Um, so it, for me, I mean, it means different things to different people in the, in the business, I think. Um, but for me, it's this idea of, um, and we obviously work in the tech space, but in the, the day we're building digital products for, for people, right, to use. We're not, we're not just sort of building platforms for some unseen masses out there, right? And I'm, I'm really interested in, in design and how we can design not just products, but it, uh, 
everything we do around us, you know, design it in a, in a more human way, in a way that is going to um, connect with you, right? And I think that you mentioned something around value, right? There's more value if, 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 people, if people feel more valued, right? So company values, you know, is something that a lot of businesses talk about now and you, you know, see them stuck up on the walls and some, some businesses live them, some businesses don't. Um, one, what's your take on sort of values in a business? And I, I'm interested to know if, if, if you've sort of thought about that as you, as you grow your business. But then two, yeah, does that flow into how you're actually valued in the workplace? Uh, so you mean that the, the values of the business themselves versus how their employees actually feel? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that would be a big motivation for people to want to work for one organization over another is like, what do they stand for? But as you mentioned just then, it's like, okay, are you just saying it for the sake of it to try to appear in a certain light or are you actually going to embody that and live it? Because I've even worked for organizations in my time that would claim to be about a handful of things that they definitely weren't and everyone knew that they weren't and that was a workplace that people didn't want to be. Um, so I think values, you've got to have your core values, but you've got to stick by them too. And that has to be from the top down. You have to embody that in order for all levels within that organization to respect that and actually feel like people are true to their word and, and they're part of something. And I think at the end of the day, we all just want to connect and feel part of a, a tribe or a group. And you can get that from your workplace, but there has to be mutual respect. And if someone respects you and you feel like, you know, even the, the boss of your organization has mutual respect for you, then you're going to return it. And if that isn't there and you feel like different rules apply to different people and we just say these are our values, but they're not and everyone knows that, then it's not going to work. Mm. And you're right around, it's it's about, I mean, it's about walking the walk, I suppose, as, as to just talking the talk, but um, feeling like, I, I love this idea of feeling as if you can be aligned to, um, you know, a, a certain mission or a certain way of thinking yeah. um, and, and, and actually feeling like that's that's coming to fruition as opposed to just being talk. That's right. And I think that's key to people not feeling like they're just a number or just a cog in the machine. And I would say like you love the work that you do because you've turned it into this thing that was an idea and it's a passion within yourself and you love to see it grow and develop and you've got room to be flexible and creative and it's like, cool, we made this thing that didn't used to exist and you believe in it. You believe in the storytelling and, and what you create and the impact that it has on other people. I think everyone would rather be part of something be part of a mission be part of a team that's actually accomplishing something that they feel has meaning rather than just rocking up somewhere waiting from nine to five thinking about how they wish they were doing something else i think that would be i think that would be a tough way to live and a lot of people feel that way a lot of people do, do you think and you know i'm in maybe a lucky space in the sort of you know creative space or creative business space or you know um, startup space but do you think meaning can be applied to any any organization oh definitely it definitely can but i guess it it has to be intrinsic to you so you need to go and work for someone or work for yourself doing something that has meaning for you and we de we decide what that is <laughs> like what what means something to us what our purpose is and i don't think we're bestowed that or, or told like this is what is going to give you satisfaction or not we need to decide what that is but of course every business anyone who's doing anything 
they're doing it for a purpose that has there is a meaning it's yeah, just yeah. like whether you believe in that meaning or that's something that you that you want you know your life and your work life to be about because there obviously there's lots of businesses where it's just about turnover and making money by any means necessary and if you believe in that then cool but if not you're probably going to be like is there more you know do you think like at school i'm just trying to think of like there's not much talk about like aligning yourself to a career based on values or personal mission you know really. yeah and i think that's why an event like this is amazing because yeah. it's highlighting that and it's saying actually there's more to working life and your life after school than just making as much money as possible or doing the most impressive job that maybe your parents or people you know tell you you should do and that there's so many more paths available now and increasingly so that you can go down and actually deciding on what your values are, what means something to you at this point in time as much as you can is probably going to lead you down a more satisfying path than just going after what other people tell you you should do or chasing the dollar. Um, better off to base it off how you actually feel and what you care about and what your friends care about and what do you like doing in your spare time when you don't have to be at school. I mean, if you love being on YouTube for six hours a night after school, talking about whatever or um, watching particular videos, like maybe maybe that's what you should actually do. Um, so just, I think, teaching students to think in a different way and, and rather than judging them or saying like, oh, that's not a real thing, so you can do that as a hobby, but, you know, like get real and get a real job. I think those days are really over and we're starting to see so much evidence now of kids and young people turning their passion, turning some crazy idea into something legitimate that we just have to keep encouraging it. And the world's rapidly developing so fast. We have no idea what it's even going to look like in 10 years time, but it's yeah. going to look different to the way it looks now. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, and, and literally have, have sort of walked that path myself, which is, you know, and had people be like, yeah, right. You're going to go to be a designer. Again, yeah. That's not sure. a real thing. Like, <laughs> um, I like this idea. Well, just talking to a guy called um, Ben Colley. I don't know if you know Ben, but um, super interesting uh, bloke. He was saying even in traditional professions, so like he was talking about a friend that was a, a lawyer and she sort of was a senior lawyer working um, working in a firm, um, but she was burnt out and sort of over it. And he was saying, just go and find a company that is interesting, that that, that you're passionate about, and just, just talk to them about your passions because you're, you know, at, as a professional with that sort of skill set, there's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be crossover. For, yeah, right. Um, so, you know, maybe it's more about not even needing to think so much about these boxes that we put us in from a, um, a skill set. Like even you think about, um, you know, you come in through, through journalism and now podcasting and now business, like you learn things on the fly and we have That's the right. ability to learn things. Learn by doing and the path leads you in directions that you never imagined going in. Mm. So it's like, what are your core skills? I think everyone's got stuff that they're better at than other things. What are they? How can you develop those so that whenever that thing happens to you or you find an interest, then you've got the skills and some experience there to go and follow that path. Um, yeah, so I think it's like, what can I do? What can I offer? What's my thing? How do I develop that? And then, you know, it'll just stuff will come into your life to start leading you down a certain path and then it'll change and you end up doing another thing. And as they were mentioning today, the average for kids today, you're going to do like 
17 different jobs in your life and five different careers or whatever it is so it's not like okay yep so i was gonna i had skills to be a lawyer so i became a lawyer and i stayed a lawyer like those days are are done increasingly so so i think the main skill as they said today as well was just to be enterprising be flexible know what you can offer and then think about how you can bend that to different sorts of tasks and you meet different people and they say, oh, have you thought about doing this? And you're using the same skills, but on a different medium. And then before you know it, you're on some other project that you could never imagine. And you can't predict that, but that's what makes it exciting and makes you want to get up in the morning and go do it, I think, certainly for me. Yeah. And there's lots of parallel skills that I think people don't like even like something like... I would say one of my personal values is curiosity, but curiosity can just take you down all sorts of different paths, yeah. right? Like if you, if you have a curious mindset, um, you know, you, I feel like you can be useful in a whole bunch of different senses in a project, for example. Absolutely. And there's no end to the ideas. Then you have to reel that in with practicality as well, because yeah. you can't just explore but, everything constantly. But I'm, I'm, I, While you were talking, I was thinking, you know, there's, there's almost a better way of putting together a CV. Like if you're thinking about, if I'm putting, putting together a team of people, like I've got a, um, a marketer or a product manager, or, but it's almost like I want a curious person, then I want a, a logical person, and you know, it's almost like a different, like a, a value-based skill set or a um, more emotional-based skill set. And then if you're trying to do something on your own, which I guess a lot of these projects start off as, where yeah. so I've had to be my own marketer, uh, web designer, social media person, uh, PR person, business, all finance, all, accountant, all, all of that stuff. Mm. Um, then you sort of want to be able to develop the capacity to play all those roles within yourself. So naturally, I just want to be a creator and create and I'd love someone else to just handle all the business stuff for me, but that's not how it is in the start. So you have to be able to sort of learn and monitor yourself and say, oh, it would be great. And part of me really just wants to go and think of new ideas and just chase after that. But thinking practically i've already started these two other things and i actually need to get some funding coming in at some time so it'd be better off doing something that might seem a bit more boring for now but it's just and you just sort of you become those different factors more on yourself as well as you learn and go along um because i think otherwise you just won't be able to continue because uh yeah unfortunately you've got to find money and you've got to make things work you can't just do whatever you want the whole time, unless you become like Elon Musk. And then you can. <laughs> but it, but there's there's different pathways to that. So it's interesting. So I'm similar to you. I don't I don't have a business background at all, um, and I was really quite passionate about you know, visual design and designing things and, and sort of the way you framed it before, bringing things into the world. Um, but I don't I don't do any of that anymore. All I do is essentially more business focused um, jobs. But I've sort of laid my own creative take on that, right? So and it's interesting. I mean, coming into this new business that we're involved with now. It's, it, there's certain ways that things have always been done in business, right? But there's no reason why they need to be done that way. So I think it's interesting having people with different viewpoints coming into different kind of mediums and saying, like, hey, why don't, we do, why don't we try this differently? And especially just for people more broadly now, the whole uh, fact that we work from home and that organizations have realized that you can be just as efficient having your staff work from home a lot of the time. That's such a massive game changer not just because of that reason, but because it shows, oh, well, there's there's other ways of doing things. So that's got to apply to other areas probably as well. Uh, there's not just the the mentality of, oh, well, everyone rocks up at nine and sits there all day and looks busy and then leaves at five because that's how we have to do it. Um, actually showing, well, if we can get the result, 
there's no limit to how we get there as long as we can make it happen. Do you have any thoughts around that? Um, and as you sort of, you know, start thinking about building our teams, because they, you know, traditional hierarchies are very sort of hierarchical and, and, you know, you have the boss saying, you know, get things done. Um, we're now putting more trust into teams out of you know necessity for a lot of, a lot of organizations, especially those more traditional organizations that are like, shit, we don't want people working at home because we don't know what they're doing. Um, but how do you, how do you think you sort of build the accountability onto a, a team member level as opposed to it needing to be come from above? I think that comes back to the values again and having people that want to work for you. Mm. And it won't matter if the boss is over their shoulder looking at their computer saying, are you working or not? Um, if you've got people that you've employed carefully who you believe in your mission and your cause and want to be there because they feel like it represents their own values and they're cared for, then there's no way they're not going to do the work mm. to a great standard because they want to be part of it. Yeah. Um, thinking about values then and trying to build teams, um, we obviously want to try and build teams that have um, diversity in them of, of all sorts, right? Diversity of thought, diversity of gender, culture. I, I believe personally that, that you're going to get better creative outputs. Like what we were saying before around um, if you throw a lawyer into a, a – I don't know, a creative problem, you're going to get a different outcome than if you throw someone that's only been working in creative their whole life. So it makes sense to have a melting pot. In that melting pot though, how do you then, how do you balance honest conversations and make people feel safe and make people feel as if they're, they're you know, have the ability to, to speak freely and speak their own truths? Mm. Oh, it's, it's a tricky thing to do, I suppose, when you're dealing with some cultural differences. Um, but I suppose you just got to treat everyone You've got to treat everyone the same and let everyone know that they're operating within a space where it's okay for them to do that. And then you can't force people to come to the table or say, all right, everyone, bear your souls for how much you're struggling with life and come and cry in the office. But as long as you're treating everyone the same, you're authentic, people actually believe that you do care about them. And it doesn't, I don't think it matters what culture or race you come from you're going to be able to feel that authenticity and then be able to open up about it but um yeah even in delivery of school programs and that sort of thing that is an element that you have to think about so i've done some school program stuff around mental health for young like middle school aged boys uh and healthy relationships and that sort of thing and thinking about different cultures and and sensitivities and how delivering one message to one group they've got certain other um, complications at home that might make that different for them and they've got different examples so things that you've got to think about but although we're we're different I think we all want the same things in terms of to be cared for to be part of something to feel like our voice is heard so as long as you just stick to that and keep it simple I think it's your job to do everything perfectly in terms of that yeah the, the mental health space is a really interesting one for me and and it's been amazing, I think, where it's come in the last, you know, 20 years since I've finished school, 25 years, like, you know, when I was a teenager, like, but for blokes to talk about, you know, anxiety, for example, was just, it was just, it was not a thing at all. Like, it, and and really debilitating for, you know, some, some mates that I talk back to now and we talk about like our, you know, teenage years or early 20s, it's like, fuck, like, this, there was bad stuff happening, yeah. but no, it, it, nobody would say anything about it. Um, whereas now I think, having leaders that can actually share their experiences and, and, and talk about um, 
like lived experiences that then people can resonate with like that that opens up the feeling like okay well i'm not alone in in this in this struggle and that obviously can spread across a number of things that's it this is turned off now does that yeah that's fine okay okay. (laughs) Um, yeah well i think the fact that we even have social media one of the powers of it is just open cider for positive examples as well as negative where you can just see so much of this content now of other people who remind you of yourself sharing these messages um not just on social media but i suppose just in our zeitgeist generally the conversation's so much more open celebrities talking about it but then also just someone who you'd consider to be very similar to yourself talking about it and i think that's important because people with profile telling their stories is one thing which is great but then there's just as much value if not more in someone who's uh, doesn't have profile talking about that they went through something similar as well. So it's something that happens little by little. I think it's a generational change really when we start seeing those actual um, you know, numbers of, of suicide and things at the other end of the spectrum actually really dropping away. I think that takes a generation to get to that point. Um, but there's no denying that the conversation's growing greatly and so many more people feel like they can at least say something or go and access help. And I think it's becoming a lot less acceptable to mock someone for something to do with their mental health. Um, I guess I'm quite biased because I'm very much in that space and see lots of the positive examples all the time. There's still lots of work to be done, but it's certainly come a long way and really moving from um, decades ago where there was no conversation and there was just no chance of even mentioning that sort of thing to where now got big tough blokes from all over the place opening up on their own platforms speaking about it and and turning vulnerability into a strength rather than a weakness and that starts to wash into the younger generations as they consume media and music and everything and they see these messages from people that they look up to then they start to embody it. And it needs to come from people that the next generation think are cool, that they want to be like. Um, So guys standing up and being role models and saying, this is part of my life. It will probably be part of yours. It's nothing to be ashamed about, you know, own it, be a more effective man or woman or person and um, use it as a, as a strength to be more effective as a human being. So it's, it's interesting. The, um, if I think back, all of the all of the slack that you would have copped for talking about that, you know, that was all based off fear, right? So, and 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 you you said it there, like vulnerability is a real strength, and and vulnerability is scary, but to actually be vulnerable in front of your team or in front of a, um, your workmates is actually a real show of strength, and it's completely necessary for actual connection because Mm. without vulnerability and without opening ourselves up and saying okay this is what i'm really going through this is how i really feel then there can't be any true deep connection and no one can really relate to you and we've all just got our masks on still where we have our surface level conversation and nothing really real happens between us um, until we take that off and say actually I i felt this i've gone through this and surprise surprise everyone else listening to that has their own version of that too and you know what it's like after you have those conversations whether it's in a podcast or it's uh at the pub at two in the morning everyone loves having those conversations and finds it cathartic and there's just something very powerful 
where you can really feel the essence of being human when we connect over what's actually going on with us and and that makes us grow closer together and just i think allows us to take a step towards feeling like we're part of this world and people care and we want to be here uh, rather than just sort of floating through life pretending and feeling like no one's really stopping to to listen and we're not really we're not really doing the same yeah hmm. uh, there's a lot in that you mentioned something earlier that just came back to me then because like i think about this from a team's perspective a lot and and I feel like you can't, you're never going to be able to force anybody to be vulnerable, right? That's the, that's the last thing you can do. But, it, but even even creating a space where you want to kind of encourage it, there's some people that are just not going to feel comfortable, right? Yeah. Um, but interesting there, because I was, I was thinking about some, some people um, that have been in my team over the years. I feel like even though they haven't felt comfortable to, to, to you know, share you know their inner thoughts that they've still felt safe in the space right they've st they've still understood that if they wanted to the opportunity is there um but you can't yeah. make everybody sort of come to the table in that respect yeah and that's what you can do and that's what the podcast does as well I and mean, it's not dragging people kicking and screaming and saying talk about your feelings like you have to do that because everyone's different but it's about planting seeds in people's minds that then grow into something that's going to positively affect them. So if you've got team members who it's not like them to go and talk about stuff like this, but if they see other people in the team who are who are doing it or they know and they actually believe that that is part of the place that they work in, then that might feed into them one day saying something when they need to or if not just having a sense that they work for an organisation that cares for them even if it's not in them to go and talk about it. I mean like from the perspective of the podcast it's never like this is a this is going to fix a problem or it's it's a solution in itself what it is is a showing you examples of others um and how they're received and what it does for them and then the similarity between their story and your own which is impossible not to notice if you listen to that and then that plants a seed in your mind where you realize i'm not a freak i'm not the only one experiencing this and even if you don't then go and access help or go and tell anyone, that's a perspective shift there mm. that's going to make you feel better about your own situation. And that might be all it takes. Awesome, mate. I'll, I'll leave you with a, a parting question. Um, either for you personally or, or in your sort of in your business, but what's, what's the biggest uh, challenge you're facing over the next 12 months? Oh, uh, it's just waiting for it all to come together, I guess. Um, so... I think anytime you're starting off your own thing uh, and there's no clear path forward, there's got to be that leap of faith moment and that moment can be extended. It certainly has been for me. So my goal is to make this sustainable. I want to, I currently work part-time um, at another job and I want to, by the end of next year, fully work for myself and do that largely through long form um, interviewing and podcasting. So the biggest challenge is gluing it all together. I've got all these great ideas and a lot of stuff we've done a lot of groundwork for and I sort of just need a few things to go right and, and keep going right and for one thing to, to lead to another. Um, I think the foundation's all there and it's been laid down and if i actually reflect i've been doing journalism and telling stories for a decade now so there's a reason that i'm here at this point where i have this opportunity but also creating stuff from scratch that's never been created before so it's a bit hard to f copy someone else or there's not really a blueprint for it that's part of what 
makes it so exciting to be a part of but then there's also you got to deal with the chaos of that as well and and not knowing where it's going to go or how it's going to turn out but I love that and I'd rather choose that than the predictability and, and selling myself short and not going after creating something that I feel like I now have the privileged opportunity to go and do. So the challenge is making it into a real thing and so that it stays that way. Um, yeah. Watch, watch this space. That's exciting, man. Yeah, my sure. um, My only advice to you is just hold on tight for the ride because it's, yeah. uh, it's 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 fun yeah just uh that's and that's been my thing throughout is just just don't stop yeah and all those times that you want to stop or people tell you to stop or you your logical brain's just like this sucks because there's a, those great moments where you're all motivated and you're like yeah but that doesn't that doesn't last it's the times where you're up at midnight editing some video no one knows you're still doing the work but you keep doing it anyway that's what that's what counts in the end i think so yeah i said today it doesn't matter how slow you go as long as you don't stop mm. i think confucius said that so. nice <laughs> yeah. awesome mate well i'm very keen to check out the podcast and thank you so awesome. much for your time today right yeah really enjoyed it Pleasure. hey everybody sam here again thanks so much to callum i love that confucius quote there at the end I prefer to quote the infamous gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson, buy the ticket, take the ride. I think that's apt for the path that Callum's on. And probably a lot of you out there that are listening uh, who are on your own journey to uncovering your own passions and discovering yeah, what your purpose is in, in life and work. And that's, that's very much what the core of Humans Aren't Robots is about, is uncovering deeper purpose and passion in the things that we do. Thank you so much to South Start for having us along. They definitely are all about finding deeper purpose and passion. A fantastic event. And we've got a couple more great conversations recorded live from, from March earlier in the year. So do stay tuned. If you enjoy these conversations at all, please feel free to share across wherever you share things. And uh, thank you so much to Caitlin and, and my team who helped put this together. You hear my voice on here, but I really, I really just do the surface work and we've got a great bunch of humans that are behind the scenes making this possible so thank you to everybody that is involved and thank you to Callum if you want to find Callum you can check out Young Blood Media on Google or across social channels and we'll chuck some links in the show notes below until next time stay human cheers